0: Hi everyone, my name's Dave. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to the Alpha Stack podcast, where you can get weekly discussion on everything Sports Stack.
1: This is a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at Alpha Group. And don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts at www.alphastack.co.uk.
0: Right, enough of the admin, let's get on with the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Alpha AlphaStack podcast, we're on to episode 16 now. Uh, my name's Dave, I've got Jay with me as usual. Jay, how are you?
1: I'm uh, not too bad, I'm not too bad. It's been, I think it's slowly getting a little bit tougher on the app at the moment, sort of trying to trying to predict the substitutions uh, has been a bit of a nightmare for me this week, personally.
0: Tough um, game to
1: play, I, that. Yeah, exactly. How's things with you?
0: I've, I've been... Slowly taking steps further and further back from the platform. Um, Basically, I think from where we were last week, I was already having a tough time and I've sort of wrapped up trading over this weekend. I had like three trades on where each one, my exposure was about 1% of my account so that I couldn't get too upset if it went wrong. Um, So, I mean, really, I should probably listen back to that bonus episode that we put out a couple of weeks ago (laughs) to remind myself how to deal with a bad trade um yeah. just because i've had so many of them lately uh, no, and I yeah i don't know if it's down to down to subs or what or just calling these games wrong um but yeah in terms of trading i've i've not been doing well um so I'm, i need to i need to work out uh, how i how i start approaching this game. um anyway enough of us for the minute because we have a guest, um, so it's time we brought we brought Christian into the show. So Christian, known as The Percentage Game on Twitter, is with us. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, not bad. Uh, thanks for having me on, gents. I've been excited to come on. But uh, yeah, in terms of trading on the platform, I'll, I don't want to kind of go too much in detail. But as I have made a word previously, I've kind of took a bit of a backwards step since football's come back. Right. So I've kind of mostly been doing what I call a bit of paper trading. Okay. So I'll still kind of, you know, look at all the markets, see what I would like, but I've not actually kind of put my money down into the trade. I've just, you know, kind of kept note of it, see what he was buying at or selling at, shorting or longing. And yeah. uh, then obviously what, he, if I had time, what he was in the game or what he finished at. So I kind of, I've got a very, very uh cautious kind of maybe overly disciplined kind of strategy towards sports stack so yeah just because you were talking about how it was going for yourselves on the app I thought I would just mention straight off the bat that I've kind of I mean I'm, I've I've had some what would have been successful trades but I have had a few that would have gone wrong so I kind of think I've saved me money in the long term by doing the way I've been doing
0: right, so it's been it's been a good thing to not throw your money at it straight since since we've come back from lockdown.
2: Yeah, in my in my uh, circumstances, it definitely has. yeah.
0: Do you feel like you've been working out working things out as as time's gone on? Has it got easier if you started to pick up a bit of a rhythm for for the way games are going?
2: Uh,
0: I mean, I do I do
2: think the more it's kind of on because we are very blessed to have it on almost daily at the minute. Yeah, I can kind of start to see it's kind of in my mind normalizing a little bit, but right. there's still, like for example, now as you as you all know, the majority of the season's finished. I mean, you've still got a little bit of a battle for the top four, and you've still got maybe four or five teams at the bottom that could still potentially go down, but there's a lot of games now in the middle that are kind of not. I always say not really playing for much. Like, what's their motivation? Yeah. I understand that obviously everyone wants to win, but do you know what I mean? Like at this point of the season, anyway, regardless of if we'd had the uh, extended break, it's kind of coming to the end of the season anyway. So there's a few, there's quite a few games on at the minute that I wouldn't really be looking at because I stru- I the way I look at things, just to kind of explain, it, is obviously everyone can you know look at stats, look at previous games between the two. But I always try and think of other factors. So, like, say, for example, today we had Newcastle, didn't we? They played early against Sheffield United.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, um, Newcastle now, again, Steve Bruce come back. They're playing some good stuff. Comfortably safe, but not going to go anywhere higher. Sheffield United kind of still could maybe make Europe, but they had a bit of a slip on the return. So... For me, looking at that game, I was kind of a bit coy about if I was to trade anyone because I don't know what, say, for example, would make Newcastle or Sheffield United want that win more than the other and ended a draw. So, obviously, it was about right, my thinking. But This,
0: I was, this is the problem where you have teams that essentially, as you say, don't have anything to play for is there's a huge amount of variation in, in sort of the likely results from those games. And it's kind of like the the, the games you get at, like on the final day of the season when the sun's out, everyone's in a good mood, season's basically done. No one's got anything to play for. We've almost got an extended period of that for a lot of the teams in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And yeah, the, the sort of the variation in the results is, and the performances is absolutely massive. I mean, we're, we're recording now with um, the with Liverpool-Villa game on. And Liverpool are obviously not really at the races today. They're 1-0 up as it stands. Yeah. Got absolutely battered by City. Um, now that obviously Liverpool season is effectively done. They don't have anything to play for in any, any other competitions. So it doesn't really matter what, what happens for them. Um, and that, and it's, it's like you've got game, games like today where you, you'd probably be expecting a walkover in normal circumstances. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely, but uh, uh, it's not. It's not even that Villa have been particularly good. Liverpool has just been uninspiring. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I
2: mean, I caught some of the game just prior to coming on, and um, see, just just so we can level the playing field, it doesn't always work out well for me because if we're talking fantasy football terms, I took Sadio Mane out this week, thinking exactly like you've just been saying. You know, what I mean, what's Liverpool's yeah. impetus? And he's yeah. gone and scored. And my replacement that I put in, I put De Bruyne in because I thought he's in sensational form. And he's been put on the bench, apparently, just there in the lineups
0: for the City game later. So it doesn't oh, always oh, work
2: out. Man.
0: <laughs> no, well, that's, I mean, that's thats one of the things. So you mentioned FPL. What other background do you have in terms of betting aside from Sports Stack?
2: So uh, I have been primarily, I would say, I'm a sports better. I came, I'd done a lot of betting on traditional bookmakers and the odd exchange, so I have quite a few different accounts with different bookmakers I like to, you know, shop around, but mm-hmm. primarily uh, my background before Sports Stack was sports betting so initially I was, you know as everyone is, I'm sure, when they're first getting into betting, you you know what I mean, you pick your big hackers, all this and that and it's not Long term, it's not a profitable system, but obviously everyone likes the big win, don't they? Yeah. Uh, as I've, I've I've got I've got kind of I wouldn't call it. I like to you know better myself, and if I take something on, I want to try and be the best I can at it. So I kind of saw betting as something that I could you know study and master myself on and become. Because obviously, I'm sure you'll see there's loads of people that claim to be professional gamblers and there's a lot of tipsters, let's call them, all over the shop. But I I kind of prefer it if I've done the work on a bet and, you know what I mean, I pick that. It doesn't come from somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Yeah. So I've got quite a background in betting. I mean, originally I was doing all your normal kind of outcomes, like your... Um, Win, draw, win, bet, so you're over 2.5 goals, all this. But then, uh, about two and a half years ago now, I started to notice there was a rise in sports bookmakers in offering player stat bets. So one of the first I noticed, I mean, they still offer quite a poor amount of lines, let's call them, on offer. But Bet365 were offering bets like, uh, you know, simple shots on target, um, just player shots, tackles, all that. Wow. So I kind of got into that and kind of tried to narrow that down and hone my skills onto that and kind of made that my niche. So wow. I used to... I just liked the style of bet because, you know what I mean, you could watch a game and it wasn't necessarily influenced by result or goals. So, yeah. for example, you could be watching and you've picked in this game, let's say, Jack Grealish to get a shot on target. You've got kind of a bet until either the ninetieth or he's subbed, because he can have a shot on target any point in the game. It doesn't matter if he's the team's three 0 down or things like that.
0: So you're giving it as long as possible to play out, essentially.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that kind of did interest me quite a bit, but obviously when I started, there wasn't really because we're talking two, three years ago now, there wasn't really a massive following or market on these kind of bets. Obviously, now there's tremendous accounts on Twitter that are very good at what they do, at finding value on them and things like that. Like um, Tom Lover, he's a good one. Um, Value Hunter, Jordan, Saywell Jones, I think he's called. Uh, They're fantastic at what they do. Obviously, they obviously put all the research in. There's a lot of more information out available now. But uh, a couple of years ago, and unfortunately I've still not finished it because it is very time-consuming, I started to build my own database. So (laughs) I've got kind of like a database built with player stats from the past two seasons. So I can kind of go on that. And it's. I've got a friend of mine who's done all the formulas because he's incredibly intelligent at that side of things. And straight away, like I'm looking at Son Young min I can tell you he's had 3.15 shots this season in home games, just like that. So right. I can use that as my guiding uh, for when I was betting, mostly on the sports platforms, obviously before sports that came about.
0: That kind of the question. Right, so your your um, betting has largely been guided by, presumably the data that you have there and just what whatever else you can, use, you can find online for yeah. sort of reliable data sources. Okay, got you. And I guess aside from your own database, which, you know, are there are there websites that you rely on heavily? So, um, initially,
2: the Sofa Score is fantastic as yep. well. You've got uh, I I swear by. It's a paid app. I will say that much. I swear by an app I've called called Statsome. Right. I don't know if you've you might have seen it about. It's a certain it's a certain of it. company. They, they offer several apps. One of them's called Live Football on TV, which basically tells me when any game is on what platform, you know what I mean, what television broadcast in this country. So I can just click that and find out that, you know, in a second that, for example, Spurs tonight are on Sky, but, you know what I mean, they might have been on BT or Amazon. But anyway, the main, the main app is Stats Zone. So I think it's fourteen ninety nine. Per year, I think, because I pay for kind of the full package.
0: Right, it's quite reasonable.
1: It's not too bad.
2: And that offers me so. With that, I get full access to stats about five years back. So, for example, it goes. For, in fact, it's even longer now. It got the Premier League, goes back as far as ten, eleven. So it's got every single game played and every single stat you'll need. But there's all other leagues like this season. I've got the MLS, the Champions League, the Europa League. Premier League, La the Championship, Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, League 1 and the Chinese Super League.
0: Right, okay. And That's if I extensive. mean if you're talking 15 pound a year for anyone who's actually serious about the betting, the the profits hopefully should cover that quite comfortably.
2: Oh yeah, I, I couldn't recommend this app enough if you've any interest in even if it's just a hobby or like I quite I'm quite a statistician myself even outside of betting like I love statistics Mm -hmm. and I just find this app it just presents things in such a a nice way like straight away just for absolute randomness Dean Henderson today he made 15 passes out of 31 attempted just I can get that straight away just looking at the app it's got all sorts of visual stuff as well like you can download pictures or videos of pass maps and things like that it's honestly it's fantastic if any interest in statistics in football at top level, I would recommend that app very highly.
0: Magical Curtis Jones goal. Sorry to interrupt. That's probably happened minutes and minutes ago, but yeah, I just wasn't going to interrupt. <laughs> sorry. Well, oh, sorry. we got to, we got to a bit of a break as, as it went in on my screen. Um, no, as you were. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, stats
2: zone and Scar are the two kind of main ones I use and there is another one but the name escapes me I will try and think of it and if it comes to me down the line I will
0: mention it okay interesting no stat zone is not one I've heard of Jay you said you, you think you might have done
1: I think I think somebody's mentioned it to me before um but they they definitely didn't sell it to me the way you just did Christian yeah no I mean to be honest I know Dave we've uh you know We've looked at um, RotoWire ourselves, yep. obviously Dan's got a subscription to that as well, uh, the third member of our of our team. But um, I mean, for fifteen pound for sort of everything, it's it's very tempting <laughs> to uh, to have a to have a look at StatsHome.
2: And I mean, that's just the full package you can get. For example, if you o- only want the Premier League, which currently would be very good for small stack, I think it's mm-hmm. four ninety nine just for one league.
0: For the whole year, yeah, stunning.
2: Yeah, that does make
0: it very, uh, that, to be fair, that does sound very appealing. So, uh, I'm, I might <laughs> dig into that later because I need to find a new way of trying to inform myself on any of these bets I've placed. I've I've I feel like I've had I've managed to pick some absolute shockers this week. In fact, one of the, the sort of I think it was Thursday night, was it Thursday that Liverpool played City? Uh yes. It was. So Thursday night was, was one of the toughest nights I've had because I think that was the same night that Sheffield United played played Spurs. So I had uh I had a Sanderberger short in that game. So obviously he went and scored early on. Unfortunately I cashed out before he'd got his assist as well. I had Harry Kane, so I was in absolute despair when that goal got disallowed <laughs> for handball. Um and then I also I had I had a photo in short actually sitting there from after the markets opened. So whatever it is that has informed any of any of the decisions that I've made recently, I need to look elsewhere. So Stat Zone might be might be where I look next.
2: I mean, um, I, th- I, th- I think just going back, cause I've just double checked it. It's even cheaper than I thought, gentlemen. It's nine ninety nine, not fourteen. But <sighs> I think you can even. You know what I mean? I think there's some kind of trial where you can just have a look and if it's not for yeah. you, it's not for you.
0: Yeah. It's, in- it's interesting you said about pass maps because like the the most informative found thing I've found um, out there for free is on SofaScore where you can get a player's heat map from a game. Yeah. Um, but pass maps are, are also something because obviously people look at stuff like key passes. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see where those passes are, you know, starting and finishing, for example. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: it gives you all that.
0: Interesting. Okay, well, we should we should revisit that, Jay. That's yeah, that's a very good definitely. thing to know about. Um your experience with SportStack, Christian, obviously you've not been trading real money since the restart, but when did you actually get onto the platform?
2: So I joined up back in uh, let me think. I think it was very late January very early February right. so it's not. I've not been on it that long
0: and were you, were you just sort of trading small small amounts to begin with then?
2: So I initially, I'll be completely honest, I'll never shirk away from any figures, I put £10 into the platform right. uh, I was trading flat £5 per player, so when right. I was making a trade I was adjusting it so that I was either shorting or longing, exactly five pounds worth of value of that player. Right. And um, I'm obviously part of this is probably why I've been so cautious on the return, but I was quite successful on it because I mean I have counted back, but out of all the trades I've made, and it's not it's not hundreds, it's probably thirty, 30 or forty in that region. I've only ever had one losing trade.
0: So I'm quite proud of that's, that record. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> that that hit rate is impressive, and obviously, I mean, to be fair, the amount of money doesn't, to me, doesn't matter that much because that's all you need, really. You know, ten pounds is enough to teach you how the platform works. Exactly. Um. Exactly. So that's that's a, that's a very smart thing, and that that hit rate is 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 very special. So, do you have, without without obviously giving away too much of of what you might consider your edge. Do you have any strategies that you you fall back on or that you know you're willing to disclose?
2: Okay, so obviously back when before this all happened, when I was trading properly with real money, I I will be honest, I used gut feeling a lot, but what I like to look for is because I've got this very statistical background, I kind of I like players that like to get involved. Like a midfielders, I like the midfielder that will want to get on the ball. I don't like people that will shirk it. Right. Now. I look for players in the middle that kind of will have quite a few passes or will look to get a tackle in. And a big thing as well I like is I look for strikers that like a shot. Not necessarily have got the best goal-to-shot ratio, but that will like a shot. So a favourite of mine since Callan Shorty's come in is um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin because he was at first, in my opinion, quite undervalued because he was kind of a bit part player under Marco Silva. So his, his prices on the market at release were quite tempting to me. And he's quite since obviously Duncan Ferguson was caretaker and Ancelotti's come in. He's kind of made him one of his main men with Rich Alton, and yeah. he likes the shot. He's he can have five six in a <laughs> game sometimes. And it does add up on sports stack for obviously the uh, matrix.
0: Yeah, yeah. So as you say, as you say, then I mean that's that's kind of falls under our definition of base score is looking at these guys that are going to score reasonably well without um, without necessary scoring or assisting, for example. Yeah. Um, and in, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned calvert Lewin because the I guess. From what I've noticed at Everton is Richarlison is inevitably priced probably at, probably about 10p higher for any given game because he seems to do more defensive work. Would you say that's fair or you, do you kind of like look at it a different
2: way? I mean, it's funny you mentioned this and obviously I mentioned it uh, because I was looking at the market for the game tonight, just seeing kind of what I was fancy. And I think you're right in the fact I think Richarlison's priced at about good, maybe 10p more than Calvert-Lewin. Yeah. What I'll say about Calvert-Lewin since Angelotti's come in, again, I can't really say much before that because he was a bit of a part player, but he kind of does the dirty work. He kind of he does the kind of work up an attack that's not always noticed, whereas yeah. Richarlison kind of the glamorous, let's call it Richarlison the Ferrari. And you know what I mean? You've got your reliant Robin in Dominic Calvert-Lewin next to him. So they kind of yeah. work well off each other, but I do think that like you said, I think Richarlison's overpriced in that respect, but that benefits me because I'm happy to take Calvert Lewin any day at the minute. I mean, Rich Alderson scored last game. But like Rich Alison can do he will pull out the fantastic more often, but like I said, I'm kind of looking for players that'll get involved. Maybe yeah. that makes me differ from most traders or sports betters. Yeah. Interesting. I
1: think we've probably got similar maybe not to, to sort of the same degree that you have but I know Dave and I we we have very similar ideas in terms of you know some of the players that we got along on we do look for the ones who who we feel will be involved in that game um obviously they don't always tend to be the same players every game
2: oh yeah I mean I, I mean I always assess it on market price like I don't just you know what I mean? Because I like a player. One game, he might be overvalued, in my opinion. One game, he might be undervalued. Yeah. But I'm very, very cautious about shorting strikers because, for me, you can you can score in an instant and your short's gone down the drain. Yeah. So I, kinda, I don't really look to short attacking players for that reason or creative players. But, yeah, there's certainly a few instances where I've took a long on someone and he's kind of not performed as I've expected. But I have... Fortunately, only player, and I can't remember the game, but I can get it fairly quick. The only player, like I said, I've ever lost money on was Mohamed Salah, and that was one of my first trades because that was kind of me new to the platform, thinking, "Oh, it's Salah; he'll do well." And I think <laughs> I lost a couple of pound on him because he had yeah. a very average game.
1: Everyone, uh, to be fair, a lot of people do that, and I imagine a lot of people would have done that this evening as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's I guess that's a trap. The newcomers is not considering things in terms of the price right in the end the price is is the deciding factor yep um so that's that's certainly you know that's, that's a mistake that everyone can make um and particularly early on um i guess where you mention richarlison as the ferrari and Lewin as the reliant robin as you yeah. put it some of that stuff, I guess, the differences in their performances might come down to the scoring table. Do you have, obviously, we, we've we've debated it heavily over the last few weeks in the podcast. Is there anything that you think should be added or taken away? Is there anything you would add to that conversation? Uh. Full well, I mean, disclosure, this wasn't on the plan. I've kind of <laughs> I've caught Christian off guard a little bit here, but I just thought it was worth throwing out there. No, no, I mean, I uh, completely understand.
2: I mean, with goalkeepers, I have always thought it's strange that conceding a goal isn't penalised as much as I think it should be. Right. But that's kind of, you're looking at kind of short, better options for shorting goalkeepers there. Because frequently you've seen it happen. There's a keeper that can, you know what I mean, concede four or five in a game, but he's made a few saves and he's you're still probably coming out roughly not far off your money. And I mean, yeah. I. some yeah. people disagree with me, so it's, it's kind of a divisive opinion. But I think conceding a goal for a goalkeeper is kind of like, you know, the main job. It's like to concede, it's the worst thing that can happen to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I can see why a lot of people do long goalkeepers in those situations, because although they'll concede a few, they will make saves. But mm-hmm. I personally kind of would lean more towards being a bit heavier on conceding
1: yeah I think the fact that you know you could concede a goal but if you know let's say you you saved it first time but you you just didn't hold on to it and the striker gets the rebound the keeper's net position is nil there because he saved it first time essentially exactly um obviously unless he's sort of saved it and completely spilled it right into the path of the striker then he then he might get error lead into goal but um you know even at that point he's probably still only uh, minus seven, really. And yeah. you can make that back so quickly as a keeper.
0: What if, with with saves being, I mean, making the save is sort of the, the diametric opposite of conceding goal. So what if conceding a goal and making a save were credited or punished more heavily? So maybe it was like minus 10 for conceding, but plus 10 for making a save. I don't know if then you might end up getting some ridiculous payouts from goalkeepers. Um, yeah. In terms of expected value, that shouldn't change a goalkeeper's price, but the the kind of the variation you get in, in the outcomes, I guess, would be um, could be dramatically very different.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it is hard. It is hard to kind of work that balance out between mm. conceding and making the saves like I said but obviously with with the um, matrix how it is at the minute kind of what you need to look for in a keeper is ones that have high shot save percentages so off the top of my head I think you're thinking people like Goita at Crystal Palace and yeah. Dubravka at <laughs> Newcastle
0: Yeah, yeah, Dubravka has been has been solid for them even when they've not been looking so good obviously at the moment they're on a decent run
1: well, he's um, got the most saves in the league, is not he?
0: Is right. he? I, I, that's not a stat I'm aware of, but it wouldn't surprise me at all.
1: Well, I only know because Sky Sports mentioned it about four times in the Newcastle game today.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> this is the thing where it kind of, I can see why a save is kind of valued what it is, but if a goalkeeper has to make a save, the defence hasn't done the job sometimes, in my opinion, so you're kind of like, promoting goalkeepers having to make saves i mean it kind of comes down to the fact i think it was paulo mardina that said it but i think he said that along the lines that if a defender has to make a tackle he's done something wrong Do you yeah. know what i mean like that's their last recourse so i can kind it's, it's it's a tricky one and i can imagine it not being a popular opinion but i'm sure some people will uh, not agree or agree with me on that
0: yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of one of the things. And obviously, you, it's almost like if you wanted to, you could probably make a, a table that works better if you could subjectively score every goal because there are some goals where you go, keeper should have done better, you know, punish yeah. him a bit more on that one than the one where the defender's caught ball watching and the striker's got to tap in. See, but, that's
2: where I think XG would come in very handy yeah wow. i understand yeah. that might be tricky to kind of implement opter side of things
0: xg is a wonderful statistic oh yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely concept um how yeah i mean that's 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 maybe one for nick to think about if there's a way he can uh work out how to implement that at some stage further down the line once probably once xg data has improved yeah
2: um, it's, it's
0: growing in popularity yeah yeah exactly that's sure
1: but sort of, I think before we get to that stage, Opta need to be uh, completely consistent as well.
0: <laughs> I think uh, we
1: can
2: have a podcast worth of complaints about Opta though, couldn't we?
1: Yeah, so, some of the things they've come out with. Because I think even, um, I know obviously Sportslack are on the sort of bespoke, um, super fast feed. But even like Sky Sports and all of that who aren't on that particular feed because they don't necessarily need it. um when Newcastle scored, I think it might be against the third against Sheffield United, where um, where Opta gave it to uh, St. Maximum when it was Joe Linton, and every sort of every app any anyone to do with sports basically had it on their feed that it was St. Maximum, um, which you know for somebody like Opta to be getting those kind of mistakes, not even on just you know the sports stack essentially feed. Uh, but on all of their feeds, is quite potentially worrying.
2: <laughs> See, while you've mentioned that Newcastle Sheffield United game, I mean, I hold my hands up. I can't exactly recall what payout Dean Henderson got that game, but for Matt Rich's goal, for me, that was quite poor positioning from the goalkeeper. Yeah. yeah so it I'd kind of like maybe, I don't, I'm not sure if it was, but I think he should be penalised a bit more for that because I think it was a savable shot. I think he just got his positioning wrong.
0: Yeah, he did. I, yeah, I and actually, that. Guaita against Burnley was similar for Ben Mee's goal. He's I mean he's got his wrist to it. So that was that was just there's a goalkeeping error and he's he was perhaps fortunate not to get an error leading to goal for that. Yeah. Um and it's it's, it's it's those sort of sort of things where it's not it's not like he dropped the ball into the goal or dropped the ball into the path of the striker. Um but maybe they should be punished a little bit more than just a minus five because actually they they probably should have you know saved, saved the goal um yeah. is one is one of those debates that i suppose could go on and on but we do have uh we've got some football to review so we're going to be going over game week 33 which is
1: essentially um, the weekends games
0: yeah essentially the games that we've had i mean this this has felt i suppose more like a normal weekend of football than we've had for a while Yes. Um, with yeah. with sort of a foolish slate on Saturday and Sunday, um, particularly after last weekend where we had a game a game each day and then um, a load of stuff in the middle of the week. So that was a bit weird. But it feels like we're back to something a bit more normal now. So if we kick off with the first game of the weekend, Norwich, Neil Brighton won. Um, Christian, do you have anyone you were trading in this game or, you know, keeping an eye on? Uh,
2: previously, I'd um, recently done... I look into Dan Byrne because he had quite, from what I could obviously gather from my statistics, he had quite high tackle rates in games like games against the lower half because I quantify it against, basically, I've got the top six and then everything below that's bottom half to me, which I know is a bit offensive to some teams. (laughs) Dan Byrne uh, roughly was, I think he was averaging something like three or four tackles against teams of this kind of ability. So he was one that I had my eye on. Uh, he came out, at, I believe it was 48p he finished on, because obviously he kept the clean sheet against, you'd expect him to against Norwich, but yeah. he was one in that game I had
0: my eye on. Okay. And Jay, did you trade anyone?
1: Uh, probably. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I went with start paid staff with and got rid of him really quickly. I just didn't like what he was doing, to be honest. Um fair enough. I think I also took a punt on Hernandez getting subbed off um around around half time. So it was it was more a case of like, you know, he hasn't done anything in you know, in the half really let's you know, Norwich are gonna wanna try and change it up, so you know, we just took a punt on, on him getting subbed off, which paid off.
0: Right, fair enough. Before and he, uh no, sports stack twitter's favorite max aarons had had it had himself a bit of a game didn't he
1: yeah he redeemed himself yeah um, 59p i mean i'm quite disappointed that you know our mate charlie hasn't sort of been plastering his name everywhere
0: what getting in people's faces about it
1: well just you know reminding everyone that you know you can have a great game <laughs> Um, yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> there might well be a few people who have given up on him by this point. But um, that's not a bad result. And then and then Leandro Trossard obviously got the winner for Brighton and he finished on 61p.
1: Yeah, so my mate who literally, although he's been trading, he decided to get a little bit more into it uh, this weekend and stick a little bit more money in. And his first pick was, like, I fancy Trossard. And I was like, hmm hasn't really scored many goals this season though is he and um yeah I, I got i got a fair bit of stick like he went with it so like it was fine he didn't yeah. listen to my advice at all um, put his but, money where his
0: mouth is fair enough yeah
1: put his money where his mouth is and yeah i was just left sat here like okay yeah fine clearly i'm doing everything wrong here
0: this is a problem yeah. And when you rely on um statistics
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: <laughs> it's where you get caught out i mean the, um, the United-Bournemouth game, there's perhaps a little more to talk about. Um, there having been seven goals in that game. Uh, a double for Mason Greenwood. Obviously, hasn't gone unnoticed, um, particularly in the world of football index. He's on a bit of form. He's on a decent run of form, isn't he?
1: He is. I think it's, it's quite interesting from, I suppose, my point of view, just watching watching how he's developed this season, I mean, he's now on, what, 14, 15 goals? Yeah. uh, This season for Man United, which is... It's a lot, considering the amount of games that he's actually played and the amount of minutes that he's actually played. Yeah. Um, And, you know, in all fairness, both of the goals that he scored were clinical. Like, they were lovely finishes, both of them. Uh, The second one, I feel, was far, far better, but... Yeah, he's he's doing incredibly well, and obviously, you know, Man United are playing uh, Villa next, which, you know, will he start and will he score again? Um, if you know, if I was, well, yeah, I I might actually take a take a trade take a long position on that. Depends on his price.
0: You, I mean, you would think it's, it's nailed on that he's going to start the run the run of form that he's on. It, there's there's really no way you can drop him.
1: Well, yeah. Why would you change that sort of front three, front four of uh, Martial, Rashford, Bruno, and Greenwood? Why would you yeah. change that at the moment?
0: Yeah, but well, they all they all got involved in some capacity mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, Bruno, two assists and a goal, finished yeah. on eighty-one p. So I'm hoping you weren't short him this time.
1: No, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, I, I think I went long. Um, I went long on him after my United went 1-0 down um, because his price was like 67p to go long initially but I then managed to get him at like 58, which was like, you know, 15-20 minutes into the game so I was like, okay, we'll take this, we know United are going to turn it around Um, and obviously they did, Uh, but amongst other trades on that, I shorted Brooks which, again, every time it just feels so wrong, but you know he went off um, at half time, shorted Luke Shaw, uh, shorted Diego Rico, which, in all honesty, I probably should have cashed out for, for a lot more profit than I did because uh, right. he went down to about 8p at one stage, um, and then finished on 18, which was quite annoying. Um, I did also short Junior Stanislas, uh,
0: and that was that was that costly was up front.
1: horrible, yeah.
0: How did how did you deal with that one after you scored?
1: Um, to be honest, I just traded out of it. It's right, probably okay. one of the first times since the restart where sort of my opening short position has gone wrong for me. And instead of trying to claw some of that money back, um, I just traded out completely. I was like, Do you know what, United look a little bit shaky here. It's not one that I'd be too confident in in doubling down on because uh, no. I, I know he had a couple of dribbles he'd he'd looked a little bit dangerous and in all honesty I probably should have taken the loss a little bit earlier than you know before he actually scored
0: right uh, especially especially if you're going long on Bruno as well then you probably don't need to double down on the stand, stand slash short no then your risk is all kind of going in one direction Christian <laughs> did you have anyone in this game For me, this was kind of a game I wouldn't look to be involved in from a trading
2: point of view, because I kind of expected United to win heavily, but as was shown, the goals were kind of showed about. So you could have maybe, like I said, longed a few players, but I knew that any four from the attacking kind of players they've got could have scored against Bournemouth, and I never trust United's defence, really, for a long, again, proved again they conceded twice against yeah. Bournemouth of all teams, no one disrespects them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was not really a game I would have looked to have got involved in because like was such, the bomb people like Bruno were ridiculously priced before game for me. There's very yeah. there's very small to no margin at that kind of price for me. He needs to really have a great game to kind of profit on that.
1: Yeah. But it
2: was, smart, it was smart to get on him at the price you did. That's maybe to my detriment when I don't really get involved in the in-play side because opportunities like that fantastic good trading opportunity that that price i would have definitely been interested
0: yeah i mean we're starting to see him he's he's come p- priced comfortably above 60p pretty much every single week now uh, and saying that actually if i check on the out quickly what his average payout is i mean he i think prior to, to yesterday at least he was his, his average, average payout was about 67p. 69. It's 69 69 now yeah so that, that's the problem, is um, at some point, I guess, is he, is he just going to have a bad game and it's going to burn like a lot a lot of traders? See, this is the thing for me, because where, again, my kind of
2: discipline comes in, I'm massive on margins. So if I think a margin's too small on a player, I just won't make the trade. Fair. Yeah. Like, like you say, for example, he is performing week in, week out, but an average of 69p isn't going to, that's not going to sustain, I don't think. Could be wrong. But I don't think he's going to put 70p plus performances in game after game now till the end of the season.
0: Like no, you said, won't.
2: it's going to be a game; it'll drop, and yeah. it's just it's just who's left holding the bag, who's Absolutely. going to be on a yeah. longer situation.
1: Well, yeah, the closer we get to the end of, uh, or at least the end of the Premier League season, um, the less I see him playing anyway, because they're going to want to keep him fit for the Europa League. Off, you know for the rest of the Europa League campaign right
2: yeah definitely
0: yeah well that's i mean that's the thing they're now they're getting towards a point where they're playing without pressure in the league and one of the things that Ollie probably will want to do is get others playing i think namely Dan James who started the season really well but has been pretty poor yeah in the last well since lockdown basically and actually, even in the run-ups of lockdown, I don't think he was. No, he's been
1: well. poor since like September.
0: Yeah, so. And that's know,
1: coming from me, who's Welsh.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you can't can't let your bias get in the way of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> been, exactly. That that's past. why I'm
1: being completely honest. Um, and he has been poor since September.
0: Yeah, so so that's the thing. I think we're we're sort of coming into a, a run of games now where Ollie would probably be interested in trying to get Dan James playing, for example. Um, and I suppose the interesting point is that Bruno seems to be the one tying it all together. So it might be that James gets playing time alongside Bruno. I don't, I don't know. He's I, when I've seen him on the pitch, United just look a, fa- a far better team, and he seems to tie it all together. Um, but obviously, at some point, he's going to need a rest because he's already pl- probably played more football than anyone else since since lockdown ended, pretty much.
2: But there's um, always there's always the kind of worry about an over reliance on a single individual because sure. there's no stake in the improvement in United as a, a team since he's come in. They, yeah, they had different kind of elements that were going well, but they've been without Pogba most of the season, and he's just an absolute. You know, what what was? Let me phrase this delicately. He's a circus show, but not in an offensive way. Kind of like, wherever he goes, whatever he does, someone's talking about him. Whether he's yeah. playing well, he's not playing well, he's having a haircut, he's, he's just kind of like a global phenomenon rather than... So a lot of the time, his performances on the pitch are kind of secondary to so his kind of media platform, let's say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for me, in terms of just mentioning about Dan James, I think he started well but I think sometimes he kind of has a bit of like rabbit in headlights for me. I think the jump was quite a significant one. I think yeah. he needs a bit of time just to kind of get grounded, kind of get up to speed at that level. So I think now would be a prime opportunity to kind of play him, but you're also then detrimenting Mason Greenwood because he kind of plays on the right, Marshall up top and Rashford on the left. Yeah, so exactly. it's, it's an interesting puzzle, but it's True. it's a nice puzzle to have. Because you've got players like Fred who have come on this season quite a bit that deserve minutes. You've got Mouton there. Yeah. You've got Matic, who's now got a new deal from nowhere, so he's got to justify that somehow. It's it's an interesting puzzle. That's again why well, United for me sometimes are not always a trading opportunity team because it's a bit there's a, a bit random sometimes. You, you can't really predict them. I mean you can't predict anything in football, but do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't. I can't remember United have got next game, but it wouldn't surprise me a bit to see them lose 2-3-0 and then the next game they'll batter someone 5-0 they're just a bit all over the place for me sometimes
1: yeah I think I'd possibly agree with you if they weren't playing Aston Villa next
2: oh is it Villa
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you you never know Villa you know that I suppose in that game both teams are fighting for something you know United United will be still trying to push for um, the Champions League spots because they're currently in fifth, uh, and obviously Villa is still going to try and fight for their sort of Premier League survival.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's there'll probably be goals. I mean, you can guarantee that, but at which end, I'm uh, not entirely sure. It depends on the lineup. He may he may yeah. rest people. He may
0: take the foot off the gas. You never which, know.
1: Yeah, that could be to their detriment massively.
0: Yeah, okay. Um another one worth mentioning, he will inevitably make an appearance in the Alpha Stack team of the week is Adam Smith. So he paid out two, two P.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he I'm pretty sure he got subbed off um not long after after the fifth goal. Um, which obviously gave him just absolutely no opportunity to uh to try and sort of Redeem himself. Um, yeah, so what was it.
0: Yeah, so he was so, responsible he also, for the penalty.
1: Yeah, which obviously that never helps.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, it was a it was a pretty poor day for him because he didn't even have much involvement. Like, there's not a huge amount of CBIs or or anything there. Um, he just got he just got ruined basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, tough day at the office. On yeah. the flip side. Josh King, who was sort of a whipping boy in the last team of the week, he actually sort of came good, relatively.
1: Yes. So, obviously, he took the penalty. Um, So, he ended up on 41p, but, you know, you'd still look at that, and I think you could short him for about 29, maybe 30p at the start of the game. Yeah. um, Somewhere around there. So, you know, if he hadn't taken that penalty, you'd have been... You
0: would
1: have been in the money. uh, But, you know, looking at it on his final payout, that sort of 30p mark, uh, sort of, you know, liquidity providers have kind of got it bang on in the middle there. You've got 50% risk, 50% reward. Yeah. If you think of it, you know, without the penalty and with the penalty, or, you know, if you just want to call it the goal.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's fair enough. Um, Oh, right. We're going to have to talk about the Leicester Palace game. Okay. Uh, so this
1: is what happens. Dave will spend <laughs> so long on the game prior to the palace game when they lose. Yeah. But when they win, that game that we've got sort of lined up before the palace game, we'll spend like thirty seconds on because he just wants to get onto the palace game.
0: Yeah, I mean if you guys want to talk about this this one, that's fine. I'll just let you you do it. I mean <laughs> it was, it was uh, it's it's a bit of a nothing game, as you've already mentioned, Christian. It's one of these games where like the teams don't have a whole lot to play for at this point. Um, so I will say that, that's really dumb. Leicester are in the top four, uh, but the way they've been playing, it feels like they're a little bit aimless. Um, did either of you guys have anyone in this game? Uh,
2: I I went again too early because I think it was Leicester played Everton did they midweek? They did. And I quite like the price of Vardy in that game. I think he was about forty p, which for me, for a striker of his capabilities, is a good looking price. Ultimately, that game he didn't really do much, and then obviously I didn't didn't back myself again, and he's gone on and scored twice in this. So yeah, went a to game too early for me, but no, there was no one else I was looking at really in this game.
0: Okay, and what about you, Jay?
1: No, no, I was too busy uh, watching the Man United Bournemouth game.
0: Okay, fair enough. So uh, it was it was pretty much just me then. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah,
1: as as we'd expect.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the first half was a bit nothing. Uh, James Justin hit the bar with a decent effort. Um, but otherwise, nothing really happened. And in the second half, it, it just opened up a little bit and Palace didn't really create much. And the first goal was, again, one of those where Guaita should have done better. So you could have perhaps said that he, he deserved to be punished um, more than I think he was on that one. And then Vardy had... I didn't actually even see the, the Vardy second, but I, I was long Vardy in this game, um, even at 45p. So I'm, I'm surprised, actually, that he was priced higher... Uh, no, actually, no, it makes total sense. Um, yeah, he's, I, I I had him at 45p, and I thought this would be the game where he kind of um, breaks his, his dry run. Mm-hmm. And I actually traded out after the first goal, which is a bit of a bummer, so I didn't catch the whole thing. But... What was his name? Yeah, Harvey Barnes turned Came up off the bench, from the he? bench, didn't he? Had thirty-two p. So he, I know he set up at least Vardy's first.
1: I think he set both of them up.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I didn't catch the last few minutes of the game. That wasn't out of pe- out of petulance. I was actually going out. <laughs> um. But you know, yeah. Okay. So he's, yeah, he's got two assists there. And aside from that, he actually didn't do a whole lot. But obviously, he was there when it mattered. Yeah. Um.
1: You know, for thirty-two p. You know, you take the two assists off, that gives him twelve, but he got ten P for coming on, so you know, his base is essentially two P there. Um yeah. the amount of time that he was on the pitch, which is not it's not great. Um, but you know, at the same time Barnes Barnes's base score is never really great anyway, because, you know, if he scores well then he's contributed. You know, he's got a goal or assist.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think to be fair, it wouldn't be um you can't really blame anyone for thinking that Palace's defence might be a little stingier than they were in the end. Um, at least, certainly, yeah, the first two goals, we should have defended better than we did. Um, so that was quite poor. I, I actually was long gyro about in this game, which is a bit of an odd one. Just after team teams had came out, I, I was scrolling down the app and I saw there was 100% selling on him. And I was like, no, gyro's all right, you know. So I, I went and had a look i bought him at 40p and in the first half he was doing all right probably for the first 35 minutes or so and this is where i have been trading like a little bit of a dick because i knew he was going to get subbed but i didn't really think about trading out in the first half and then second half he he came off and i think he probably finished on about 36 37p so it was in the end it was it was only a small loss and obviously it was i was trading on minimal size um, so it didn't really matter too much, but I need to actually get my head in the game a little bit more if I'm going to even bother <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's that there, there is that problem with trading in smaller size where you go ah, oh, Well, it doesn't really matter does it? Um, because in the end, it's a difference of pennies yeah. um,
1: As opposed to pounds um, as
0: opposed to pounds. Yeah, exactly um, Not a whole lot to add on that game in the end. It was yeah, a bit rubbish from my yeah. point of view <laughs> no,
1: I saw I saw indeedy, you know one of our one of our favourites from sort of so the, the very early days on Sportstack. He he finished on 62, didn't he? Yeah. So that's that's sort of reminded everyone what he's what he is fully capable of um on his day.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean that's got to be that's probably his highest payout since he was since he uh got injured. I would have thought, I mean quite possibly. He was in there. He was in there breaking up play um, quite a lot, from what I recall. Yeah. Okay. So he's got four fouls conceded. Um, How he's managed to get away without a yellow card, I don't know. But 14 p for ball recoveries, ten p for CBI's, ten p for passes made. Um, that's that's pretty much and three. Uh, sorry, three tackles, one as well. So it's kind of like everything you'd want from your defensive midfielder. Yeah. Um, and it's probably not a coincidence that he was in there doing his job well, and Leicester ended up winning. Um, because Palace really didn't crave much going forward. Um, but anyway, let's move on from that. <laughs> uh, Wolves nil Arsenal 2. So that was one of the later kickoffs in the day. Yes. 5 30 kickoff, something like that. Um, probably not the result many people are expecting.
1: Um. No. No, I um, probably agree with
2: that. I, I mean, uh, I'll go on board and say I, I thought Arsenal had a good chance and I wouldn't I wouldn't initially have thought again coming into Arsenal have been dire since the return but Wolves have faced very poor opposition and they've got the job done don't get me wrong they've got the wins Mm -hmm. but they've not been massively convincing uh so I can't say it's in a massive shock that Arsenal won to me but and again in a trading point of view i on the restart, I was kind of looking at Aubameyang, and he's come back very, very slow. He only scored against Norwich, which, again, it's free for all sometimes down there. Yeah. So I I wasn't looking to get my fingers burnt again again, or want to lost money on it anyway. But I wasn't looking to kind of trade anyone in the Arsenal game again for that reason. But I can't say I'm massively surprised they won.
0: Right. I mean, it's th- this is a thing. Wolves have been grinding out results. Um, often against quite inferior opposition I mean the the game against Villa the other week wasn't the most convincing display and in the end it was one of those where you say yeah fair enough Wolves are a decent team like I'm not surprised they got the win but you have to recognise that they need to be a lot better when they're coming up again so I guess teams like Arsenal you know Arsenal haven't found their groove for, for I mean much of this season even when they're sort of Languishing relatively down in sort of tenth place, you know, compared to what they might have expected. But they're they're a much better team than Villa. Um, I,
2: mean, I think with Wolves, I think last season they kind of had a reputation about being giant killers because they got some good performances and results from the big yes. boys. But that kind of then let them down at the lower sides. I think this year he's been a bit more pragmatic. I think they've grinded those results out at the bottom sides, but maybe not been as overwhelming against the top sides but it's just the way sometimes you've got to play it because, obviously, first season in the Prem, they probably exceeded expectations, even though they were quite fancied. So you've kind of got to adapt in the Premier League to kind of maintain that level. So they've been getting the... Let's call it they've been getting the ugly points this season, but maybe that's letting them down a little bit against the top sides. I mean, Arsenal can still probably just about be considered one of the top sides.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal are in a bit of a period of transition, aren't they? Yeah, um, they need to they need to work themselves out. But Wolves, I mean Wolves, in a way, probably you know, this summer is obviously going to be a weird summer. So I don't I don't know how how it's going to play out. But kind of in a similar way to Leicester, who came up and their their plan was to reach Champions League within five years of being promoted, they end up actually winning the Premier League uh, after they won the league they had a se- they sort of had a season of transition and they were trying to like find their feet again and work out how they were supposed to um obviously they were never going to replicate the performance but how they were going to try and hold themselves to a decent level beyond that and sort of find their feet with it and i guess wolves potentially with some of their some of their bigger players um being linked with moves away they, they're gonna have to work out how they actually settle into being a a, a, a proper Premier League team and not being a team that is there to upset the big boys and then, you know, as you say, maybe let themselves down against smaller sides.
2: I think they they've well, well set up to definitely be a top-half Premier League side, but I think yeah. the difference between that and that next level is huge and it is only getting bigger. I mean, I'm yeah. not I'm not calling Leicester's title win a fluke by any expectation because it wasn't but that kind of unexpected win is going to become even less uh, apparent, I think. So I think Wolves, they've got very good groundwork. They've got, obviously, a good manager. They've got a good squad. But I think without going there, spending hundreds of millions to get the big boys, I think they're going to struggle to go up a level. I mean, this season, because obviously, I mean, United have been struggling. Chelsea have been struggling a bit. That's why I kind of Leicester have managed to get back up though. but I th- I still think third downwards to about fifth, maybe sixth is anyone's game. The third, fourth, I still think any of them sides could nick it.
0: Yeah, quite easily. Yeah, that's fair enough. Golden Boy Adama didn't do so well in this game, did he, Jay?
1: No, he he basically got tackled off the park. Um, it it would have been quite quite interesting because i think you could short him for for about 48 49p um at the start of the game which i was i was very tempted by but i just i couldn't bring myself to do it knowing how you know he's come off the bench um most games you know since the restart and and basically set him and as up and so I, sort of with both of them starting i couldn't really bring myself to to do it on the basis of Arsenal have David Luiz at the back as well, so is Adama just going to be running at David Luiz, and you know how how easy is that potentially going to be for him? Um, and you know, yeah. turns out I was I was completely wrong because he done nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Luiz obviously has has made himself into a little bit of a meme, but he's <laughs> he's got to have something about him, I guess, to have have made the career that, he, that he's had yes you know benfica chelsea psg chelsea arsenal like he's he's obviously not bad along with a lot of uh, a lot of appearances for brazil so it's one of those where you'd in that individual battle you'd fancy adama but mm-hmm. it's kind of it kind of shows how much it can go kind of one way or the other with him um, and he actually lost 20 p for being tackled 10 times which is crazy um yeah that's I mean that's 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 an obscene amount that's one of those um one of the crazier kind of payouts that we've seen when you dig into it sorry what was that
2: I'm surprised he wasn't subbed like earlier on he's been
0: effectively neutralized that easily well exactly you look at it and think you you go to some sort of plan b um you think Arsenal have got his number um however however they've managed it they've managed to as you say they've they've neutralized him and i suppose in situations like that it can be just be that he might have um he might have been attracting double teams and stuff and that was opening space up for other people but it's it's a bit of a strange one um like the various bournemouth boys that keep getting kept on the pitch when they're paying out seven ap um (laughs)
2: Wol- Wolves well, they do they don't have many options,
0: options, Bournemouth though, do they? No, Wolves. Wolves have got alternatives, which is, yeah. is a different thing. But um, who else? Who else did well in that game, Jay?
1: Um, Tierney and Klasenach. Um I'm pretty sure they split the super stack. Uh, both finished on fifty-three p. Um. So we should probably mention again how, um, how Nick was very much
0: like. I doesn't happen often, guys. Don't worry too much. <laughs> and that's is that the second we've had now, or is that...?
1: um Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the second time we've had it now. Yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's well.
2: quite unusual, with them both technically being left-backs. Left it is, isn't it? Yeah.
0: You
2: know, kind of it's a weird one. On. I'm,
0: I'm assuming Kolasinac was playing as sort of a left-centre half in a back three. Um
1: Yes, he pretty much was. Um but I think I think what ended up happening was they were pretty much doubling up on Adama.
0: Yep, that would make sense. I was and thinking about it just then, and it kind yeah. of it kind of speaks to Adama's payout as well. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I tell you what, that is, as far as I'm aware, probably the lowest winning payout of a superstack we would have had. Fifty three p. Is that not extremely low for a winning it's, payout?
1: It's very very low. Um, yeah. Very, very low indeed.
0: Um I yeah, I don't recall seeing anything anything lower than that before. I think the previous low was about fifty five P looking through the data that we've we've managed to collate
1: yeah.
0: over the time. Um that we've been doing this. So it's an interesting thing. Um yeah, in the end Wolves uh Arsenal sort of neutralised Wolves and um Saka had scored a decent goal, didn't they
1: Yeah, it was quite a nice volley, to be fair um you know he he ended up on 50p which you know again considering he scored it's not great considering i'm pretty sure you could short him for about 40 44 45p i think i might be wrong on that it might be a little bit too high but i'm sure it was early to mid 40s that you could short him for so so Bye. if you'd gone long on him you know you'd be looking at what like 3 4p higher than that For him to then score and he pay out 50, feels a bit low.
2: This is probably why the Sporting Start payout was so low, because if you look at the goal scorers, you've got Saka basically, and I mean, no disrespect to him, it was a very nice goal, but he's basically started, made about, what, 20 passes, scored, maybe tackled once and then was subbed, and then the second goal was off the bench. So he's not really got the time to establish a kind of big payout, really, with seven minutes left.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work out why it is everything seems to feel so different in terms of um, players payouts and stuff. Um, and I mean that that is a fairly quiet game from him. Um, games games are being played at a lower tempo. They must be because the base payouts that we've seen in the last few weeks are so much lower than they were before. And I don't think that can only be a function of there being more substitutes.
2: No, I think it's definitely definitely a lower tempo. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you've, got, you've got things like drinks breaks as well, which disrupts tempo, which is only going to again detriment it because teams might be in a rhythm and then they've got to stop to have a drink, and that might yeah. upset the
0: flow. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, do you guys approve of these drinks breaks? I, I just don't. I uh, hate them. I get that they may be necessary on occasion, but when you've got an evening kickoff.
1: Yeah, it's, there, there's there been times when I think, yeah, it works. Um, but I can't remember who it was. I think it might've been, it might've been a Burnley game where it was absolutely tipping down. I was like, do you really need a drink spoke? Like, <laughs> it's yeah. not as if it's hot and you know, you're, you're overheating, which, you know, in those circumstances, I can understand it. Um, but, you know, it's it's tipping down, it's freezing. Do you really want to, like, stand there for two minutes having a drink? No, you just want to carry on going because that's actually going to keep your body warm.
2: I mean, for me, this enforced break is just like a pre-season. You don't see first games of the season having drinks break any other year, do you?
0: No, Exactly. No, I, the only thing I can I can recall is there's there is some sort of I think Premier League mandate for drinks break if the temperature is over over a certain level, and I feel like we've seen it in previous years. But when you tie the drinks break into the fact there's no one in the stadium, as you say, it feels yeah like a, a sort of pre-season or a friendly or um, just you know not proper football. Exhibition game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exhibition game, testimonial. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, testimonials actually get fans. So. I mean, I I like
2: it to a training session, to be honest, sometimes. Which isn't trying to be disrespectful, but when I'm watching it, obviously on TV, it's some of the teams are just kind of like going through the motions. Yeah. So it's that's again why it's not as good of a watch for me. And personally, it's another variable when it comes to trading. Oh, yeah,
0: it is massively. So is you, I mean, Christian, as you said before, with. You know, you're not trading so much in play. How often do you actually find yourself sitting down to watch a game? Uh, Full
2: ninety minutes. Uh, So obviously, we're talking normal game weeks where you'll have like you know the regular Wednesday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday, normal day. Uh, I may catch if there's a midweek game week. I may catch one of them, depending on what I'm working and I tend to work most of the weekend, so. I'd probably if I'm off on the Sunday, I'll catch the Super Sunday. If not, because when in a normal world, if I'm off on Saturday, I'm actually going watching my team. So I don't, I won't, I'll miss kind of the early kickoff through traveling, and then the late kickoff I might catch depending on when I get back. So, but on an average week, maybe one, two games, three sometimes.
0: Right. Okay. Fine. Is it? Yeah, it's interesting. I was just wondering. It might be one of those things where actually you're so um you try and detach yourself from it to the extent that you you're maybe not even watching any of the football but that's yeah it's about finding balance with all this stuff right there's only so much time you can actually give to it to uh to any of these things yeah. um right chelsea three watford nil so that was a late kickoff yesterday um saturday evening and willian has produced the goods again. Yeah, um, so... another another chance to score from the spot at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um obviously everyone talks about how many penalties Man um, United have got, but Chelsea seem to be racking them up at least since um at least since the restart. Um you know, William finishing on eighty three P it's it's a very, very high payout. Um
0: that is, isn't it? I
1: think it's probably one that quite a few people expected because I've I've seen quite a few people say that they, you know, backed him on, on super Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's the thing is he's, be, I feel like before lockdown, he was one of those players. We knew he was dynamite when he played, but quite often he wasn't getting more than about 60 minutes. Yes. Um, whereas more often now he seems to be lasting at least long enough to, to rack up a decent payout. So he's, he scored in his last three games back-to-back. He had 54p against uh, against City. Um, and, you know, that's that's pretty good payout, um, given given the nature of the game. Um, but he had 70p against West Ham, where they lost, conceding two goals. And then he had yeah, 83p yesterday against Watford. He had four shots on target, um, in addition to his goal. It's, it's one of
2: them that kind of in hindsight, looks a such an obvious trade or such an obvious position to back on the Superstar. But yeah. I I am always quite careful of recency bias. I mean, I try not to take previous performances as gospel. So, like, is in very, very good form, but there's no guarantee he'll continue that into the next game. But in hindsight, against Watford, really, it should have been a no-brainer, but it wasn't something I picked up on personally.
0: No, I mean... Really? That's, it feels like the sort of the form thing has been a large part of the equation whenever I've been looking at Danny Ings this season. Um, and I suppose it's a similar thing with Vardy with his dry run. You keep thinking at some point this has got to end. Yeah. And with Ings, I've been thinking he can't keep going like this, except he seems to be getting better and better as the season goes on. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a difficult one, like you know, how much how much weight do you actually give form when you're considering any of this stuff? Um, but like Southampton, you know, in respective things, they look at they look a very good very good side, um, and Willian is is turning out really decent performances at the moment. Even if Chelsea are inconsistent, you would say. Yeah, I right. mean, I don't I don't think anyone saw that coming against West Ham in the week. No, nobody saw it coming. No. Um did you did you trade anyone in this game, Christian? Or you
2: know. No. Um at Chelsea are a very inconsistent side, which obviously is evidenced by since they've returned, they've beat City and then they've gone and lost at West Ham. It's... Again, William in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, would have been a fantastic position to get involved oh, on. Oh
1: my god. Is that Danny Ings?
0: But um, um... I'd say I say Adams. Short answer no. <laughs> I'm assuming I'll see this in about three minutes.
1: It's on BBC Sport. You should be.
0: Yeah, well, I've got I've got iPlayer on my laptop. All right.
1: So I'll be a little behind. Anyway, as as Christian was saying, Chelsea are incredibly inconsistent. Yeah. Um, So it's it's never one that you can take as gospel with you know with Willian, Um, but then you know saying that they're playing Palace next, so he's going to get 100p. Um, uh, <laughs>
0: I, I can't argue with it I, I really can't I mean we we looked good against Bournemouth and that was a pleasant surprise coming back from lockdown but I, yeah I don't see us um, causing Chelsea too many problems the way we've been playing um, so yeah you can you can keep firing those jokes out there I'm not going to argue
1: <laughs> it's fine because if it's... Cardiff were if Cardiff were in the Premier League you know we, we'd be the whipping boys anyway so <laughs> Um, Yeah, that's
0: true. I'll I'll wait for
1: that. You might be waiting a long time.
0: (laughs) Oh, well. um, Giroud also did well in that game.
1: He did, 67p. um, Which, I mean, it was quite surprising to see him take a a couple of free kicks as well. Um, You know, when you've got the likes of William Mount who can hit a dead ball. Barkley as well yep and to see Giroud take to take some free kicks was a little bit strange I think because to me he's you know he's someone that you'd want in the box yeah you know just in case keeper spills it or there's a flick on you know defender doesn't time their clearance properly he's the kind of person who'd you want in there to mop that up yeah exactly but yeah finishing on 67p um with it, it was quite a nice goal um it was you know a tidy little finish
2: i mean again Gerrude, for me is another one that'll do the dirty work but he's not as prolific he's not so he's, he's not someone i'd look to back thinking you know, he's gonna score no but no it's that in that regard it is an unusual payout but he, he's one of them that will get involved he'll come for the ball he'll hold it up kind of thing
0: yeah, yeah. i mean what is it they with France winning the World Cup with him up front and he like didn't manage a shot on target for the entire competition or something, um, he's not the sort that you would necessarily have down as a regular goal scorer. Yeah. Um, and that 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 can make it quite difficult to trade, particularly in a team that is as inconsistent as Chelsea. And if they've got games like that where they're going to dom- dominate, you'd think he should score here. But it's from one game to the next, it's quite it's quite difficult to tell with him, particularly when you've got Tammy Abraham coming off the bench. Um, well, this,
2: this is the this is the thing for poor Tammy. I mean, he started the season well, and everyone thought, oh, homegrown player. You know, what I mean, he's leading the line. They've got Werner coming in, and the game that Tammy was given his chance, they lost. So Giroud went back up front, and they've won comfortably again. So he's 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 struggling at the minute, Tammy. I'm not when I think personally. I don't think Werner will play this season now, because I think he's going to have a rest. But I think that they're going to look to get Zayec involved as soon as they can.
0: Yeah. Do you know, know, know how soon that is? is?
2: Uh, per- I think he's joining up with the squad uh, very soon, I have read. Like oh, I right. said, I think Lampard said one is having an extended break. For he's just literally finished the Bundesliga. But with Eribe not returning, Ziyech has kind of been like, he's had a pre-season. So I think yeah. he's looking to join up with a squad in the next week or two. I'm not sure how registration rules will work, though, with the Premier League squads. I'm not yeah, sure be... how it or...
1: That would be an interesting one, because um, obviously, you know, under normal circumstances, you you know you wouldn't really be able to register anyone in, unless it was a sort of goalkeeper emergency, um, you know, at this stage of the season. But you know, no, none of this is normal circumstances now, right?
2: It's just because if if obviously they're following the established rules, squad registration window is now open. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's, it's the kind of this whole debate as if they're kind of delaying the transfer window. Because, again, now that's technically open, kind of nearly, but are they going to extend it or are they just going to close at the same time and you're going to have teams making transfers while still playing this current season? It's a bit unknown, isn't it? There's no kind of procedure or anything for this kind of event, is there? There's no rules in place. Yeah,
0: it's kind of just this weird little spell of football that people want to like muddle through, get out of the way, and move on to sort of August, September, and get back to what everyone kind of recognises as football a little yeah. bit. Even if you still don't have uh, fans in the stadium at that, at that stage, anyway. <laughs> but it'll all start to feel a little more normal then, I guess, when you've got a more regular schedule and everything like that. Um, on to the early kickoff from today. So that's Burnley. Drawing 1-0 with Sheffield United. Yep. Jay, did you watch this game?
1: Uh, I did. Not wholly. Um, Because I I kind of got annoyed with myself when Tarkowski scored. Because I was like, do you know what? I back you most weeks. And this week I don't. And you decide to score.
0: (laughs) It's the way things are going at the moment, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So it was like... It's a cruel game. Yeah, didn't really want to watch too much after that. Um, and then sort of when I found out that Egan scored sort of right at the, right at the end, it was, uh, it was a nice surprise considering my FPL team has Henderson and Egan. So I lost out on a fair whack of clean sheet points.
0: Right, okay. So that made up a little bit at least. A Wait, little Christian, bit. did you watch this? I didn't
2: watch much of the game. But um, this was one that I did look... I would have had a position in, so I kind of like... I would have... Funnily enough, it was John Egan. Because going into the game, uh, i had done my research. Burnley, when they're at home, against most sides, tend to have less possession. I mean, they, I don't know how this happened, but they even allowed Norwich to have more possession than when they were at home against them. So I thought, <laughs> with the way Sheffield United play, the centre-backs are going to get on the ball quite a bit. So I thought straight away for passes, which obviously are useful for points and obviously anything defensive work he does. So <laughs> I would have looked to have gone for Egan and he were looking like he would have, you know, returned 5p maybe, solid profit, but then obviously went on and scored so it would have been a delightful trade, but...
0: Yeah. Right, okay. Have you, have you got a view on when you're going to start putting money into this? Do you think it will be start of next season? That'll be your... I, I initially set that out
2: but I think the closer it gets, the more I'm kind of like, okay, in my head, this is a bit more what I'm used to. There's still the surprise being sprung here and there, but I think if I'm being really disciplined about it, I'm going to stick to what I say, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see myself get involved in the next couple <laughs> of weeks just for
0: it ties up. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It does make it more interesting when you've got a little bit of money on the line at least, isn't it?
2: Yeah, this is what I love about the platform. It means you you could watch a game of football and it's not the traditional, oh, I've got my hacker up, I need them to win. You know what I mean? You can watch the players' performances and how they do affects how much you potentially stand to win or lose. That's what I enjoy yeah. about.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's more nuanced than just, say, picking a team in FPL, right? Because, say, yeah. in FPL, you're counting literally on clean sheets, goals, assists, and that's pretty much it. There's no... There's no accounting for how involved the player is in the game, or you know, say if you think a team's going to have a game plan, say Arsenal having a game plan for a Traore, like how you think that's going to play out. You can express that with the trades that you put on um, in Sports Stack, which makes it a little a little different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so the nuance, the nuance is fun there. Um, Newcastle West Ham was the two fifteen kickoff today. Uh, staff finished two all.
1: Uh, yeah, it was too old. Sorry, I've got um, one of mine.
0: <laughs> and and how... Yeah, you did, but no uh, mind. How did that go for you, Jay? Um,
1: well, I... So, yeah, this this took a lot of work to essentially lose four quid. Um, so I shorted Antonio at kickoff, off um, and then basically had to double down when he scored within five minutes because LaSalle can't clear a ball. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, sort of that that took a, a lot of work um, to to make that sort of a degree of a profitable trade, and then lost a little bit on St. maximum because um, I I suppose I got caught up in the the ASM storm as yeah. as it's been in the last couple of games, um, and obviously he's not going to pay out. 50 plus p week in week out, and this was the prime example of that.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think it's fantastic you've kind of mentioned that. I mean, obviously, I'm not happy you've maybe not done as well on the trade as you want, but again, as I mentioned before, about recency bias with uh, ASM, he's come back and he's in form and he's the man in the talk. So I've even read that he's linked to big European clubs, as the uh, clickbait articles read. Now, I <laughs> think I had a quick look at this before kickoff. Uh, I noticed, again, we were discussing before about Rich Alderson and Dominic Calvert-Lewin and the price difference. I noticed Almiron was a good, I think, nearly 10p shot cheaper. I thought he was a good option to play. Again, didn't make the trade. Fancied it, again, didn't play it. Went on to get a goal and it was a nice payout. Again, ASM not doing as well as might have been expected. That was kind of my view on things.
0: Yeah. So, would you say you you tend towards... Um, sort of like finding a bit of like meme reversion in some of these some of these performances, rather than going with the trend, as it were.
2: See, because of my background, and it's very... In sports betting, you're always looking for value. You're always looking for yeah. the edge. I I look at players and I think, well, why is he X and he's Y? And if yeah. I think Y represents better value than X, I'll take the punt on, for example, today it would have been Almiron for me, who's, again, a very talented creative player not as fast as asm but again can do the business obviously today he went on to score he might not have done but i thought he was the better trade at the prices offered if you gave me asm at a cheaper price i may have potentially swayed more towards him but again i look at things game by game and price by price offered
0: right okay that's fair enough um anything you wanted to Add on this game, Jace. So you had your Antonio trade. I yeah. mean, was there was there much else to talk about?
1: Um, Sojček again. Um, Got another scoring, goal. Yeah, from a corner. Um, three, three and three or two and three, depends on how how you see that disallowed goal um, in midweek. Uh, but he finished on fifty four p, which you know it's it's quite decent. Um, but then, sort of, you look at it, you take that goal away and, you know, he's essentially on 9P base, which is pretty poor.
0: Yeah, that's not fantastic.
1: No. So, he he didn't get involved too much. He's just being there again at, at the corner, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess you start to think that that's just part of West Ham's game plan at the moment. Yeah. They don't tend to look like creating too much in open play, at least, so... Um, that's that's that one and John Joe Shelby oh sorry go on Christian
2: yeah sorry I was just going to say I think with West Ham they've still kind of got that air a little bit of we're too big to go down so yep. just, they kind of just the grind like for example against Chelsea they grinded out a result they, they, I think in their minds they're not in a relegation battle but they need to be careful because a couple of bad results and they're still right back in it
0: yeah exactly yeah things, things have started to open up a little bit down there since we talked about it I think Either last week or the week before, just when every team was seemed to, seemed to be doing their best to stay in the the relegation battle rather than actually trying to get out. But obviously, West Ham now have picked up um, four points in two games, and just when no one else is is getting anything, that makes a massive difference. Because um, for some of those teams, you look at like where is the next goal, the next win going to come from? I and mean, Norwich haven't even scored since since lockdown. Um or since the return of football. Obviously, I mean Norwich are as good as gone. Um Bournemouth, you do you think where are they getting anything from? Yeah. Um, I think that's yeah. the thing that's in West Ham's favour, right? Yeah, there there are just teams that are playing worse than them.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think if I'm looking at the relegation battle, I mean, since he's come back, I think Norwich's race is run, like you said. I think there's yeah. no saving them now. Personally, I think it'll be Bournemouth and Watford that join them. Um, but okay. Villa are down there and Villa have missed a, f- a few games now they could have got three points in, they've only
0: managed to draw I
2: mean, they drew against Newcastle no, did they, did they draw against Newcastle, can I remember?
0: against Sheffield United they drew Sheffield. One that, that yeah, was that Sheffield United
2: up. I think I mean, Sheffield United were done to no denying it, yes. but I think again that was a real chance for three points Yeah. I think Newcastle, I think they did draw them, I think it was one all I think again, on the, oh, on yeah, the yeah, they did. Was a chance for three points and I think now they kind of they're going to have to pick something up where it wasn't expected for them to pick something up. But I think Bournemouth, I think there's not much left in them to be honest. I think Watford and Villa is the battle now for me, for the yeah. last two because West Ham's running now is very favourable. I think they've got United, but other than that, they play Villa, they play Watford, they play Norwich. I think so. They've yeah. still got everyone around them to face.
1: Yeah, well, Villa's the Villa's their last game of the season, isn't it? Yeah off the top of my head so that I mean that could be quite an interesting game if it leads that way to you know win this and you survive lose this and you go down sort of scenario
2: yeah
0: yeah keeps things spicy at the bottom end that when you when teams are still got to play each other yeah um yeah I, I don't think I disagree too much with that I think I'd I'd, yeah, I'd say Villa, I think, i fancy more to go down than Watford at this stage. But it's... Yeah, it's, it's at anyone's at this at this point. It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Villa, they probably about an hour or so ago now finished their game against... Yeah, uh, Liverpool. So that was Liverpool 2, Villa 0. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that was a bit of a non-event in the end, right?
1: Yeah, it's just... I think we could... You know, I know we touched on this um, a little bit earlier in the pod when you know Liverpool were still playing. Liverpool could be sort of a non-event now for the rest of the season. Yeah, because um, you know, like you said, they've got nothing to play for. Are you know? Are these players going to go go in for tackles? Why would you? Like, in all honesty, you've got nothing to play for. you just. worth putting your body fit? on the
0: line?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's a, um,
1: it's a fair point. So, you know, are they are they even going to push themselves week in, week out? Probably not. Um, mm.
2: This this is the thing. Klopp's come out and said that he's gone mental about players having to play five games to get a winner's medal. And he said that for that reason, he won't be handing out games like Christmas presents. Yeah, today from nowhere, Origi started over Firmino. I mean, I thought maybe <laughs> Firmino might have been injured, but Firmino came on. So yeah, can't be an yeah. issue and he's brought Curtis Jones on, maybe necessarily he wouldn't have done that a few weeks ago
1: mm-hmm.
2: so I'm not sure if he's kind of playing mind games a little bit there, and he will look to maybe introduce him off the bench a bit more
0: Yeah, I think Yeah him. Sorry, I mean you You were both going to speak then, so either one of you go <laughs> no, Yeah, no, I, was I was just going to say you
2: don't
0: know, yeah. so Yeah <laughs> No, I mean i I think it's he's yeah. I think he's talking um, to try and keep keep this squad interested to some degree. And those, I mean, those kids like Curtis Jones, for example, will be desperate for, for enough game time to get a winner's medal. I don't actually know how many games he's played at this stage. Um, and, but you know, him and him and Harvey Elliott are the two most obvious candidates. Um, to come on and, and play in midfield, but it's not like they don't have options. They survive. They you know survived most of the season without um, without those guys playing. And even when I remember there was a point where Liverpool were talking about how bad their luck with injuries was. Except I don't remember at any stage them having to plug any gaps with youngsters. No. Um, they the worst
1: could... thing was losing Allison for a couple of weeks, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's not like that really slowed them. No. in the progress. Um so I don't I don't quite know. I I agree on Firmino. He I think before the game he said it was just because of the, the, the volume of games they were playing. Um, they're probably all still a little bit hungover. I don't really know. There was there was a, there was no sharpness, no no nothing yeah, really they today. Were
2: definitely, definitely lacking, especially Robertson wasn't as dynamic as he usually is. I mean I'm not gonna attribute that down to a hangover but <laughs> Like you say, what what's his emphasis? Why why does he have to push himself to get up that byline every attack? Now there's not necessarily as much of a need. He can kind of take it a bit easier.
1: Well, yeah, exactly.
0: No, exactly. I was thinking the same thing today. Just there was no real um, attacking impetus, save from the fullbacks. You didn't see them, yeah, getting up getting up the line the the way they have done previously to offer an attacking option um so hopefully the 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 season doesn't sort of like fade into into sort of insignificance now for Liverpool just because it means you've got all these games where if they are going to be teams you want to see them do it with some style um and maybe the only way to really actually get that is to get players out there with something to prove in which case you know you get Jones and Elliot out there and and um see what they can do
2: yeah, like you say, I mean, from a psychological standpoint, it is hard to kind of continue to motivate yourself to play at the same level when you know no matter the result from here, it's not going to change the outcome. Yeah. But yeah. like you say, I think he, he could really get those young lads on the pitch, but then is he contradicting himself because he's giving out appearances like presence? It's like I, don't, I, I personally didn't see the need for a comment like that. I don't know if he's trying to apply pressure to get them to change the rule You know, so the whole squad will get one regardless of appearances. But yeah, maybe. I'm not. I'm not sure. Liverpool. I don't think I will look to be involved in any of their games now to the end of the season because it's like you say, it's just so much up in air at the minute when there's nothing. By this record of beating cities, which I think they need, is it four in the last five to win now, or is it five in the last six to beat the Centurions? Effort City had a couple of seasons ago.
1: Yeah, so they need what Man City ended on one oh one, didn't they? I think so. So yeah, they need they need twelve points to to level that um, in their last five games. Yeah. So you know, effectively, if they want to break that record, they really want to be looking to win every game. But I can't see I can't see Klopp sort of saying to them, you know, or at least keeping them that motivated. Yeah. I just I can't see that happening.
0: No. Okay. So I mean where you said about City sorry, about Liverpool, you know, their, their season effectively being dead in the water, um, from a from a trading point of view. The same could effectively be said of City. Will you be looking at any of their games?
2: Again, I agree with you completely. It's a similar kind of thing, but I think Man City I've kind of got a point to prove, but then you've got the added thing that they will place a lot of emphasis on that Champions League in August. So I think yeah, yeah. the more towards the end of the season you got like even today, uh Pep's rotated almost fully. I think there's six changes yeah, in the midweek a lot game. Of changes in there. So again, that kind of puts me off getting involved now because he unlike Klopp said he would not do, Pep is fully rotating his team almost game by game at the minute. Because he's got the depth to do it. But yeah, exactly. So, again, I don't like because it's muddying the pool a little bit because you could take a position on someone and then he could play 45 minutes, whereas if they were competing for something, he'd play 90. you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. It yeah. kind
2: of splits the pot a little bit. And, again, for the same reason, I probably... I mean, I'll have a look if something looks too good to be true. I will always take an interest, but similar to Liverpool, again, I don't think I will look to actively get involved in any of their games even for the same reason, like you said.
0: Yeah. Um, Does anyone know if the five sub rule is persisting into the Champions League? I, d- I don't know if that's like instituted by UEFA or if it's an FA thing or what.
1: Um, it would be a UEFA thing if they decided on it. Um, I I haven't read anything to say that they will be doing it. However, the fact that every league that has restarted has gone with the five all done subs, it. yeah. I'd be quite surprised if UEFA turned around and said, Nah, you can have your three subs and that's it.
0: Yeah, particularly I guess with the intensity of games, you've had the games we've had the schedule for the champions the competition. Oh, right.
1: Yeah, the European league, which is what to be completed within like three weeks. So essentially a three week period.
2: I've just had a quick look. Not apparently the ruling about five substitutions has come from the International Football Association Board. So I'm not quite sure what jurisdiction they have within UEFA. Okay. But, but again, with kind of the style of how they're playing out in the Champions League, with how close the games are compared to, obviously, what the normal layout is, I would kind of expect similar rules with yeah. the five subs. Because I have heard that this five substitutions will be continuing for next season as well until you know oh, nice. we're in a state where we're normal. I don't know how true that is, but that is what I have read. I can't remember where from. It was one of the news sources online somewhere, so don't take it as gospel.
0: But I would imagine
2: if things like that are in place, then I would think the Champions League would be the same.
0: Right, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. Um so City, I mean City are playing Southampton at the moment. Has anyone traded anything in this game?
1: No.
2: I'll be honest, I didn't even look.
0: No, fair enough. Yeah, fair so enough. If I
1: saw the lineup. Um and I was like, Do you know what, I I don't know how this game's going to go, and I you know I can't give it my full attention. You know I've got it on in front of me, um, but I'm you know I'm not able to give it my full attention, so I'm not I'm not willing to to risk money on it if I can't give it my full attention.
0: Yeah, my I think particularly with this game, have with City having beaten Liverpool so convincingly, I was wondering if they might just be a little bit sort of slower today with the rotation everything you know against Liverpool they had a point to prove um and and less so today so I I left it well alone
1: um I mean they've been all over the Southampton goal
0: they Um, have yeah they
1: just can't finish but I suppose that's what you get when you've got a sort of not so clinical Gabriel Jesus in there instead of you know Aguero for example
0: yeah, and Sterling's uh, spanked a couple of chances at yes. the keeper or wide So um, none, none of that is really a surprise. But Southampton are sort of... I mean, they're scrambling a little bit defensively, but they're they are um, they're trying to play their football, which is good to see anyway. Southampton have, have been good to watch. I've got a bit, bit of a soft spot for them. But um, community questions. We got one from, uh, from Mark Robbo. Which leagues would you like to see next And which sport added to the platform, Christian? Uh,
2: In terms of leagues, uh, I'd be happy with any of the major five coming in. I mean, I kind of cut my teeth on the football league, so the championship would be a delight for me, but I can imagine that not being as high priority. Uh, Different sports, I'm a massive basketball fan. I would love some kind of sports stack thing with basketball because that, again, offers itself to kind of player prop bets as they call it over in America very nicely
0: yeah and is that is that something that you bet on much um with bookies as well
2: yeah I um quite a bit I bet on basketball quite a bit I haven't for a while because again similar circumstances their season's kind of been in disrepute yeah But uh, I'm kind of a bit of a night owl so their times their games are played suits me so kind of like I've gone and got football in the day and basketball at night, keep me occupied. Nice. So it works well in that regard for myself. But yeah, I'm, I quite like my basketball, NBA particular.
0: Right, and what do you make of the uh, the plan they've got with bringing the season back in Orlando with the, the 22 teams?
2: Well, it's just very, very, very Americanized. let's call it, because the MLS <sighs> have done similar, haven't they? They've just basically turned their league into a cup. Yeah. Because the Americans are massive on, they don't like draws, do they? They they like competition and cup winners and things like that. That's why. Yeah.
0: Winning records and things.
2: So things like in basketball, you won't see draws because it'll go to overtime. Same in yeah.
0: baseball.
2: So they kind of. I'm not surprised. I mean, I don't know how it'll play out because it's kind of like a massive playoffs. Whereas obviously the playoffs traditionally is like it is over here. It's limited teams, but. I'm intrigued to see it I mean from a betting standpoint I'll leave it well alone initially but I will uh definitely be excited to see how it pans out
0: yeah fair enough fair enough cool and do you have do you have a particular basketball team that you follow
2: uh I just again because I obviously I mean I've got a cousin who's American but besides that I have no real connection to the place I just kind of chose to follow the Boston Celtics right okay uh and obviously everyone i'm sure if you're interested in sports doc, you've not seen it there's the michael jordan documentary on netflix called the last dance that kind of got quite a lot of people buzzing on the uh, chicago bulls so that's another team i like watching but yeah celtics is a team i follow mostly in the nba
0: okay have you seen them win a title have you been following it that long or
2: no, uh, I have been into my basketball, let's say, past five years, they've okay. n- not, when I've been majorly watching it, they've not won it, they've been, in, they're in transition this season, so yeah. because, I, I won't take over, because obviously it's a different sport entirely, but basketball, kind of like because the rosters are smaller, so they kind of, you know, they only have like six on the, let's not pitch, but you know what I mean, the court, so kind of teams transition a lot easier, so because the smaller squads like half a team can sometimes leave in a season do you know what i mean whereas yeah. football, 11 people it's not as transitional
0: yeah got you okay right we've got we probably don't have that much time left but we do have games you know obviously coming up this week we don't have a huge amount available on the market so it's a little bit potentially a little bit of a, uh, sort of a a full a task here. To, try and, to try and sort of predict any of this or talk about what we're interested in. Is, is there anything that's caught your eye, Christian, with the markets that are open? So, looking
2: at Tottenham Everton tomorrow, they seem the market seems to be firmly favourites of Spurs being at home because, again, I'll mention them again, you've got Calvert-Lewins on 36p for a buy price, yeah. which seems cheap for a striker. I mean, I know they're away at Spurs, but... Spurs, aren't, Spurs are a bit leaky, unfortunately, so there is goals to be had.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, if you're looking at the other end of the pitch, uh, defensively, I wouldn't touch any of the Spurs players. I mean, I'd be more inclined to short than buy, but I think I'll leave them alone. That's in tomorrow's game. Uh, looking forward, what have we got? Watford-Norwich. Uh, quickly looking at that again. Norwich, I mean, a lot of people... Again, Max Aaron's like you say he's a fan favourite, let's call it. I've never personally been involved on him. I know there's money to be made if you can get it at the right price. But I wouldn't be looking to be buying Norwich players and they're a bit short to short, so to speak. Uh quick look at Watford. I don't know because I don't like you say, Norwich haven't even scored since the return properly. So I wouldn't yeah. be looking at any that game's a nothing for me. And then we're on to Palace-Chelsea. So, uh, I think there's definitely gold to be had for Palace. So, I think I'd be looking at maybe buying an attacking player, maybe IU, 34p. He scored a few this season. He can easily bag.
0: Yeah. Very
2: cheap price for a striker. Averaging 37p this season. He got 44 in his last game. So, that, that for me is a potential play.
0: Interesting. Okay, and Jay, have you picked anyone out already?
1: Um, whilst we were talking about it, I have shorted Wendia.
0: At what price?
1: 46p. 46p,
0: okay. And I mean that's that's obviously a game where Watford do need to win. Norwich, I mean, yeah, Norwich don't necessarily have anything to play for at this stage and you can kind of see that I think in the way they're playing and the results they're getting. So, yeah, um, this yeah, it's not unfair to us to, to think that the Watford will probably get a result there. Um yeah, I, I haven't I haven't actually traded any, anything in those games. I mean I would be I don't feel that confident in Palace getting a goal, but when I use priced, as you say, was it thirty four P, Christian?
2: Yeah, yeah, currently.
0: I don't mind that. He's I know I know he has had some performances where he's bagged and paid out about forty P, which isn't up to much, but you know, he's 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 Quite a variable one, I suppose. Um thinking back to when we played them at Stanford Bridge in November, I think it was. I'm pretty sure Reese James had Zaha in his pocket, so if he plays, I'd be interested in Reese James again, I think. Um but we'll see. I need to I need to dig around that a little bit, I think, and work out what I really make of it. And at some point I'm gonna have to I might just go to full paper trading like you, actually, Christian, because doing it with money hasn't really worked out for me so far. <laughs> um, I mean,
2: it's just like I say, I'm very overly cautious, perhaps. I'm just It comes from a very disciplined background, because discipline is one of the first things that you learn in sports betting if you're serious about it. Yeah. Because if you're not disciplined, you can really lose a lot of money on bets and doing varying things that aren't right at the time. Uh, just going back to what you said about Rhys James, I think he's 46p currently at buy. That's a bit too steep for me.
0: Oh, I would not be bothering with that. No, that's fair enough. No, that's fair. I mean, this is this is kind of the difficulty with some of these prices. It's difficult to fo- to see where the edge actually is, right?
2: Oh, um, yeah. In,
0: I, in a lot of these cases, particularly with the spread as wide as it is.
2: Yeah. Uh, again, if you're looking at goalkeeping, I think... 44p. It's not the worst price. It's only a penny more than season average for Goita. Obviously Chelsea are going to get some shots in. It's just how well he does against them, really. But yeah. I'm not, as I've touched on earlier, I'm not a lover of backing goalkeepers, but that's a potential angle. If you're not so keen on Palace, maybe at the other end, maybe can, Goita can make a few saves. You can make a nice profit on that.
0: Yeah, that's that's one I could get behind because for the most part, he does his job reasonably well. So i I I can't argue with that one too much. Um are there any fixtures that catch your eye that where you know, where the markets aren't open? Is there anything that looks particularly interesting to you that we've got on the slate?
2: Um, I mean Arsenal Leicester launches later today. I'll be interested to see kinda of who opens it what in that, because you've got Vardy just off by uh, scoring twice. Arsenal's defense is though to be got at, especially someone with a bit of pace. I'd like to see what he opens out, but I can see it being a bit, bit too high for me. Uh, yeah. Most of the most of next week, again, I think looking at Tuesday, Villa United. I think United will just be way overpriced to even look at for me in that game, because Villa being the situation they're in and the form that United's attacking players are in, I won't look, look touch that. Yeah. And then through the week, West Ham Burnley, Sheffield United Wolves, City Newcastle, initially I can't think of anything I'd be jumping on in those games. So, yeah, I think because Arsenal-Leicester very much, Arsenal might still fancy a crack at top six. Leicester need to kind of get some points on the board to stay in the Champions League places. I'd be interested to see what the market favours there. But a a lot of what's coming up doesn't jump out of the page at me
0: interesting okay right well i mean that's that's sort of taking us towards the end of the pod jay have you got anything i don't know any questions for christian anything you want to add
1: um no i think to be honest uh you know christian's gone through a lot of Well, he's, he's given us and obviously everyone when they when they listen to us a lot of insight into so as how our christian does things um which is you know it's it's going to be a very good lesson i feel for everyone yeah
0: yeah i think obviously christian you touched on discipline there and i think it actually um comes through in volumes by how selective you are with which games you're even going to look at oh yeah i mean that that i think is really interesting for for other traders i can see i'm not
2: disrespecting anybody else everyone has their own way of doing things but i can see people that will pick five six players one game and if there's Ten games in a weekend, you're looking at maybe thirty or forty trades in one weekend. Yeah, I'd be surprised if over a weekend I do more than five in some some most weekends. In all honesty, I'm very, very cautious and selective, and it's served me well so far. I mean, like I said, it's been a very profitable venture for me.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the end, that kind of underlines the fact that you you have to trade the way that suits you, um, and if you start to try and force things, that's when it it tends to go wrong, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's called going on tilt. So kind of like if you've made a bad trade, you try and immediately rectify that with what you think is a good trade and you've not kind of took the time to do the due diligence and thought about it. I mean, I get it, it, it's very common. It's, I'm not trying to disrespect anyone. I know a lot of people that bet the way they want to wear. But if I lose, I kind of take I'd say even longer to kind of assess that and maybe yeah. what's gone wrong and that. Whereas jumping rather than jumping back into something else. And one thing one one thing I'll probably close on. The brilliant thing about this platform is as well, there's always another game. So you may be a bit hesitant on someone who goes on to have a good game. You may not have backed him that time, but down the line, if you do your research, it does pay off. There will be other opportunities where that player will perform, if you've got your research right, of course.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Right. Well, I don't think we've got any sort of admin to go over or anything. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jay.
1: Mm, no, no, we don't. We're all good. Cool.
0: All right. <laughs> well, well, we'll wrap it up there, Christian. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for giving us the time and the uh, the wisdom that you shared.
2: No, my pleasure. In like fact, I've been very excited to come on. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Not a problem appreciate at all. It. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you back on to some stage down the line, maybe when uh, footballs returned to some sort of uh, normality, um, we might you might have a few more insights to share then.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to compare, won't it? See if I've managed to maintain my kind of upward trajectory or what do they call it? Um, Spike Yeah, when you kind of go on a losing run, what's it called? Oh, anyway, yeah. Hopefully uh,
1: yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I've called. i on. I'm on one, one of them at the head? moment.
0: <laughs> I'm on a losing run at the moment, and I've called it a lot of things. But um, just for the sake of everyone's sanity, I'll probably you know not try and talk about it too much. Right, um, yeah, we'll call it there. So thank you again, uh, Christian, for coming on. Thank you, everyone else, for tuning in. Uh, good luck trading this week, and we will catch you next time. Cheers.